Future CEOs, Big Brand CEO Thursdays. So you want to be a CEO? Sure, go ahead, read your ABCs of managing book. Or if you really want to be a CEO, then keep on listening to this Future CEOs podcast with your host, Gareth Armstrong, as he gets you up close and personal with real-world CEOs, thought leaders, and industry experts to learn from their experiences and the insight and wisdom they've gained while leading in these challenging and ever-changing times. Are you ready? Then let's do this. Hi, I'm Gareth Armstrong. Welcome to Future CEOs. Today, I'm sitting in the interview area of the very busy Retail Congress Africa. And why I'm here is because I am about to speak to Emilian Popper, the CEO of Groupon SA. He's a very interesting individual that has done business all over the world, including many countries in Europe, as well as in the Middle East, China, and more. I'm quite interested to hear his insights because I'm aware that he is a bit of a numbers guy. And so let's see what comes out of our questions to him today. Here he is. So Emilian Popa, you are the CEO of Groupon South Africa. Welcome to Future CEOs. It's good to have you. Thank you. Now, before we get into some of our questions that we would usually ask in this kind of setting, would you mind just giving us a little bit of information about you, some background information, where you're from, uh, how did you arrive in Groupon? Sure. Um, Romanian-born, um, grew up in uh, half of my life in Romania, the rest in between France and various other countries, spent okay. a lot of time in the US, China, Russia, uh, and actually a number of years in Africa. Um, did management consulting for seven years, uh, did my MBA in New York, and then um, starting a number of startups. Uh, one of them was what is today Groupon South Africa, mm-hmm. which... Uh, the ex-CEOs, Dan Guasco and Wayne Gosling and myself, started in 2010, um, sold to Groupon six months later. Um, I joined Rocket Internet, uh, the, the, the German company builder, which was behind Groupon at the time, and um, started my company or startup building around the world. Went from Russia to China to Berlin to India and to South Africa. All right. Launched a number of... Uh, uh, big online retailers such as Zando here, Jumia in uh, Nigeria, La Moda in Russia, um, an Airbnb-inspired company in China, and uh, an accelerator called Africa Internet Accelerator with Naspers funding um, uh, two years ago. Uh, we used to have one fashion company called Style36, a furniture company online called Five Rooms, and a baby online company called Kinderello. Uh, back to Groupon about six months ago, um, so it's kind of back to the beginnings. Okay, but it seems safe to say that Groupon SA is going to be in good hands. You, you sound like you know what you're doing. Sure, it's like, you know, it's, the company is very different than what we started four years ago. You know, we're three, four people at a time and we're more than 100 people today. Yeah. Um, it's a Groupon was named a few years ago the fastest growing company in the world. Oh, right. Uh, well, um, online or tech company in the world sure. um, in South Africa we keep growing and uh, and yes it's uh, it's an amazing place to be okay excellent so you've got a very then interesting uh, perspective on this because what you really have had what has really happened in your history is that you've gone from a founding entrepreneur type uh, hands-on individual 
to becoming a CEO of a company that is a little bit larger and you really had to change maybe the way that you approach things. So let's jump into our first question on the back of that statement. And, and the first question is, what does it take to be a CEO? In your experience, what does it take? Sure, I think um, so number one is people. Uh, you need to get, uh, get the best people, uh, invest in them, take care of them, teach them, manage them, push them hard and make them excel in what they do. And to comment on your question, yes, Groupon is a three to four years old company, but in my mind, it's still a startup. Okay. Um, what I've been trying to do since, and you know, hopefully I've, I've been achieving it pretty successfully uh, since I've got back to Groupon, is to uh, bring back the entrepreneurial spirit, uh, make the company and the people in the company really feel they work in a startup because this is what pushes them, this is what they, makes them um, giving the best, and, uh, and at the end, this is what makes the company succeeding and the customers being happy. Okay, uh, so how have you gone about that? What, what strategy have you employed to get it back to a startup kind of environment that is free to explore, free to make mistakes perhaps, uh, and also pivots um, when necessary? Yes. Yeah, you know, a startup and a CEO of a startup is, and in general, a CEO role is to make decisions fast, but based on numbers. Mm. Uh, for, in my opinion, numbers don't lie. Okay. Uh, feeling, feelings do. Sure. So always trust numbers. Uh, I'm, I'm an analytical person. You know, I, I did auditing and finance uh, and uh, consulting before, so I really believe in numbers. No, my, my, my belief is, you know, plan in the morning, sell during the day, and count at night. It's like... Okay. It's like, uh, you know, well, like you, you run a bakery, um, you know, work during the day, reach out to your customers and suppliers, and then analyze your business at night mm. and you know, trigger the, the conclusion. Y you mentioned trial and error. I think that's very important. Um, flexibility and make sure that, you know, people do errors, people make errors. Uh, but if you're scared in a corporate environment, uh, if you're scared to make decisions because you think you fail, um, you're never going to succeed because uh, because we haven't tried it. So yep. I always I always believe that you can make errors. I myself, I'm, I'm sure I make errors in my decisions. Uh, my my team makes errors, but you have to learn from errors and don't and not to do not to do the same errors again. So you know you have the right to fail, but you must learn from mistakes. Yeah, I also mentioned uh, you know, flexibility. I think. Um, Flexibility is very important, and that's uh, the, the big difference between, uh, you know, corporate, 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 and corporate uh, startup. Okay. Yeah, be, be flexible. Try if not working, change and try it again. Yeah, my theory is better do something if that something is not perfect, but do it. Learn from what you do it, than not doing anything. Mm. No, no, very important. Uh, one of the interviews that I did just a short while ago, he said, "Make a decision." Uh, it could be wrong, it could be right, but you've got to make a decision. You've got to keep on moving. Exactly. Your development journey is going to also be important to our future CEOs community. Why? Well, because they need to understand where you come from. Maybe there's something that they can relate to. And uh, What were one or two early influences in your life that have assisted you to become who you are today? So probably the best and the best experience and the things which really changed my, my career was Joining Rocket Internet, uh, you know, which is uh, the, the big uh, German-based startup builder, which is behind some of the biggest uh, um, tech and online companies in this world. Okay. What I learned in Rocket is is one thing: is execution. 
And um, that's something that you don't really learn when you, you know, I did my MBA, you know, I learned a lot about, you know, building teams and managing companies and finance, but no one told us execution. And I mm. think that execution is the magic word. Okay. And um, be really into detail, into details, make sure that you go, f you do fast, but you do right. And um, also in Rocket, I learned people. Yeah? And that's something that I apply over and over again. Yeah? You cannot run a company without people. You can run, you, know, you can always build processes, you can always, I don't know, buy the right product and hopefully sell it. But if you don't have the right people, your business is not going to succeed. Mm. The CEO of Anglo-American, in an interview with him, he, he used this phrase, and I'll never forget it. He said, leadership, and by implication business, leadership is all about people. And I think that's what I hear you saying here. Totally, totally. I, I prefer, you know, people are not cheap, but rather get the right people at the a, at a, at a right cost uh, who can do, you know, twice or three times uh, as much as, uh, you know, uh, uh, an average person we do in Rocket. We used to call them AAA. Yeah, so okay. only hire AAA people. Mm -hmm. yeah, get, them, get them from the best schools possible. Get them, get them out of the biggest big consulting firms. Get the right guys and the right profiles. And, and young entrepreneurials, um, with initiative and smart. Okay, excellent. So uh, let's talk about you then as a young entrepreneur, maybe a young executive. Uh, what was one of the biggest mistakes that you've made as a young executive, as a young entrepreneur, and the lesson that you learned from that as a result? Sure. Well, actually, I've, I've <laughs> one of the mistakes I've done was not uh, so long time ago. Uh, I was um, started uh, with, with friends uh, in Cape Town, um, you know, a, a small startup, uh, an event application. Um, so an application with cool events happening in town. Okay. We did the Cape Town job work and we went very fast into a couple of other markets. But I think the biggest mistake uh, uh, we made was that we hire people before getting the product ready. So before getting the, the tech, the app, we just hire people. All right. And um, I think one of the... If I had an advice for, for young entrepreneurs is keep cost as low as possible. Um, you know, think of your business as is your own pocket. Um, do not, first of all, the biggest cost in a business is people, right? Mm. Do not hire people before you make sure that you have the right base, that you have the right tech, that you have the product behind. Okay. And on that note, uh, I just did an interview with Hidian Galloway. Yeah. And he, his final word to our future CEO's community was, don't buy a brand new car. Don't take on that kind of stress. So uh, business cost and personal cost. Yeah, totally. I mean, to be frank, I've never had a brand new car. I mean, I drive a pretty cool car, uh, but uh, it's a second hand. So here's an interesting question. What don't leadership or management books teach about being a CEO? In your in your view and yeah. your opinion and your experience, yeah, I think yeah, I think I touched the uh, I told this question before. Books and business schools are notorious for you know being uh, loaded with this MBA arts, like trotting out key takeaways like you know take risks, build a great team, don't be afraid to fall to fail. But again, what they don't teach is execution. You know? Okay, I think you know when I build a business, I think. How you build a house, you build first a strong foundation and then you get the fundamentals right and then you add the floors. So, and you build all these pretty fast and sustainable. So, and I've seen so many businesses in all around the world. You know, they come and they, they invest millions and millions in various systems and, and then SAPs and pro, and, 
but before having the process in place, before having the manual process in place, yeah. I've seen, you know, big e-commerce companies investing in huge warehouses, which warehouse management systems, but before being able to sell any significant uh, quantity of goods. Mm. So my theory is, first build the basis, make sure that you have the fundamentals, make sure that the processes are in place and it's working, scale up, and then when you, when you have a size, then you put in place uh, systems. Yeah, structures lost. Yeah. Eh? And I'm not, I mean, don't take me wrong, systems are super important, you cannot scale up without systems. But I wouldn't put a system before the, before the, the growth and before the processes, before the manual processes. Yeah, absolutely. You're creating bureaucracy, aren't you? Totally, Red tape. totally. So you are one of those individuals who have gone from being an entrepreneur, a founding entrepreneur, to being a CEO. There are very different processes, maybe systems that are required for different, those two different functions. Maybe there's an overlap as well. But what was your biggest aha moment or your light bulb moment as you stepped into the role of a full-blown CEO of a, maybe not huge organization, but certainly larger than what a startup might be? Sure. But to, to be frank, I, I don't I still consider myself an entrepreneur and I've been always, in, in any startup that I, that, I, that I launched, I've been raising funding from you know, venture capital firms, and finally I was a CEO, co-founder. So to be frank, the role that I have today is not, it's not very different than the role that I used to have in, you know, in, in Rocket or in startups that I, that I did, you know, two, three years okay. ago. But I, I want to say lie, but actually I had a very interesting, uh, actually a cultural shock, I would, I would call. I was in, um, I, I arrived in China to, to start um, an Airbnb-inspired company, also for Rocket Internet. And there was a team in place already, like 20 people. And our first meeting, uh, you know, I was in, in, a, in, a, in a conference room with those 20 Chinese people. And I was starting to speak, and um, I realized that no one was understanding what I was saying. Okay, so, that's an interesting situation. Yeah, so my feeling was, wow, those people don't, don't speak English, right? And my, I was like, how can I run a company and grow a company with people who don't understand me? Mm. But, uh, and this was my first cultural shock in China, but little by little I realized that those people were somehow understanding, and even if they think differently, they're very good people. And I managed to make myself understand understood even speaking English and speaking Chinese. Okay, very interesting. That's a, a very unique situation. I don't think I've ever heard someone share that before. Thank you. Please finish the sentence for us if you wouldn't mind. My highest priority every day as a CEO is to ensure that the customers are happy. Okay. I think that's the most important thing. Customer is why we're here for, why we build companies. We build, well, you can always argue we build companies for for our investors, for our shareholders, for our employees, for us to make money, but but no, the the, the way that nothing would work, nothing works unless the people whom you serve, the people whom you you know sell services or sell products, um, are happy because mm. they won't come and buy again. I think a lot of companies make mistakes. You know, they I was reading a book uh, um, recently, what the name? But anyways, we're talking about. Uh, uh, the the good money and the, the bad money. So, bad money means meaning means you you try to sell as much as possible. You know, bad quality products. You don't really care. You don't care about what happens afterwards. You don't care if you invest a lot of money to get those customers. It's just a volume thing. It's just a volume thing. But this is not sustainable. What's sustainable is making sure that the customers come back, and mm -hmm. they come back if they're happy. Yeah, brand ambassadors, effectively. Exactly. Emilian, what's the best advice you've ever received? Yeah, so the same, uh, make decision fast based on numbers, execute 
you know, plan in the morning, send in the day, count at night. Well, the origins of that? Uh, so, um, same rockets. Uh, all, my, all rocket, <laughs> my eh? mentor, Holly Zamver, was always telling that. Uh, okay, yeah, excellent. Uh, I mean, it, it, it works. It works. Uh, I've been applying it ever since. And mm, okay, very interesting. What one habit would you attribute to your success to date? Yeah, perseverance, I think. Um, you try over and over again, obviously based on, based on the data that you have, but trying to not let it go unless you really think it's, it's going to fail. Okay. An Afrikaans word is fuss bait. Yeah. So just to, to hold on to it and yeah. until you realize, okay, this is yeah. really a dead thing. Yeah. And here's a, a really interesting question. This is actually a new question that we've started asking. What was the last question that you asked to your mentor? If you don't mind sharing who it is, yeah. that we'd also appreciate sure. that. Sure. I mean, I, I, I don't have a mentor currently, but again, I was uh, a lot of learnings from, uh, from my, my past Rocket Internet uh, uh, time. Uh, you know, I was talking a lot with Oliver Zamver, and then I think, uh, you know, my, the question that even when I, when I came to South Africa is where to find people, where to find good people. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a shortage in the market of, uh, of uh, you know, smart, entrepreneurial young people. If they are, they, they, get, they get into the, you know, in the top corporate companies here. Okay. Um, so we bring a lot of foreigners at a time into the country, which I, I you know, it's, I don't think it's the, the best solution. But what we've done, and this was the guidance that I've got, you know, go to schools, go to the best schools in the country and mm. identify the top grads, identify the 5% top students in the class, and then get them as soon as they, they graduate, before anyone else takes them. Get them, get them in the company, train them, and they're going to become the best employees. Okay. Right? Even if they don't know much, they're smart and they can learn. And in my, in my opinion, uh, such a person is much better than someone who has, you know, years of experience and, you know, get, gets lazy and uh, costs a lot of money and is not entrepreneurial anymore. Mm. Okay, very interesting. Now, there is something that I'd like to challenge you on. In, uh, perhaps I need to ask the question before I challenge you. Uh, how do you select these individuals? Is it just a case of who, the, who are the top 5% in their class uh, or are there other criteria? So. The reason I ask that is because we look at a few individuals through history, uh, maybe a Bill Gates, look at maybe a, a Zuckerberg-type individual, and while they are very unique, they also were not academically inclined always. Uh, so how do you select those individuals? Right. Well, um, we're at the level where I'm looking at uh, you know, top grads and we give them tests. I mean, I, I apply a lot. Uh, you know, McKinsey-type tests, so okay. which are they're mathematical, but at the same time, I, I like to understand how people think, okay. and I think thinking, thinking is uh, is uh, a number one skill that I'm looking at. One of the the questions that I'm asking everyone, you know, the, one of the first questions in the interviews is, uh, you know, how many how many uh, uh, buses, for example, are in individual buses are in Cape Town, in Johannesburg, or how many train subway subway um, carriages are in London oh, right. and I don't care about an exact number I just want want to understand how people answer this question okay uh, can I answer that question <laughs> as many as are needed that's my answer <laughs> numbers uh, oh, oh, numbers exact numbers oh right no then I I, I, I guess I, I guess the fifth I guess what? joking yeah no <laughs> The process based on, uh, so first of all, is academical skills, but then is interviewing those people and understand how do they think, uh, understand how entrepreneurial are they, where do, wanna, where do they want to get, that, that's all. Yeah, yeah you, you may write, you may be right that we may not get the, you know, the, the school uh, drops 
Um, but uh, but we get enough good people like this. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Of course, it does depend on what you're trying to yeah. achieve as well. And I also need, you know, we need in, in the type of businesses we do, we need people with structure. Yeah, exactly. So then your, your three pillars of CEO leadership, you've spoken about a number of things here. Let's see if you repeat that or if something new comes out. Your three pillars of CEO leadership. Say um, train, train people, get people, uh, get the best people, execution. All right. And, uh, and data. And data. Yeah, yeah. So make decisions in an environment yeah. of rich information. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have so much information all over the place and a lot of companies don't use this information. Uh, I don't think uh, in Groupon we use it enough and uh, I strive to get data and to analyze the data so to make the right decisions, to target the right customers based on you know past and present uh, trends. Yeah, no, no, it makes perfect sense and it certainly allows you to have a lot of confidence in, this, in yeah. the decisions that you're making. Well, we've only, we've only got a few more questions uh, before we say goodbye to you. I know that we're in this busy conference and you, you're going to have to run shortly. So let's get to them. What should future CEOs be studying over and above their formal technical qualifications, an undergraduate degree or even a postgraduate like a master's and uh, MBA? Over and above that, what, in your opinion, should they be studying? They should do their own companies. Okay. They, you know, you can always go to the best schools, you can get to the top 10 MBAs in the world, but you need to try it by yourself first. And you know, I've seen so many people, you know, they get, they get from, you know, the best schools or MBAs into corporates and then, and, uh, but they haven't tried it. They haven't, they haven't tried themselves. And uh, I think the entrepreneurial side is something which should not be missed. Mm, okay. Uh, I think it really goes back to learn how to yes. execute. Exactly. Startup lessons. Mm, yeah? Exactly. Yeah. And you can't learn it from you have to learn by yourself. Yeah, you can't learn. Get a, get a mentor, get a, I don't know, get a, an incubator behind, get people to, to teach you, but, but you have to run your own, your own thing first. You, you have to feel the emotional, mental, totally. uh, even physiological thrill of it and disappointment and, and, and. Exactly. Okay, that's a fantastic answer. Thank you. On this note, though, of course, I hope you're a reader because we are going to ask what books do you recommend our future CEOs read? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> One of the, the books that I, I read when we started uh, Zando in, in South Africa was um, a book uh, wrote by, written by, by Tony Shai, who, who's the, um, the, the Zappos, CEO Zappos, you know, is a big, is a big uh, uh, shoes and fashion online retailer in the US, uh, yeah. purchased by Amazon a few years ago. And the book name is Delivering Happiness. Mm. And what's interesting is, I think I mentioned earlier, you know, school and MBAs and, and books, they always teach you, you know, to take risks, to build teams, to you know, try again if you fail, no problem. But I think what they don't teach you is, is how to make sure that the customers are happy. And um, Delivering Happiness is an amazing book. I would recommend it to anyone, whether or not you, you do online retail or, or fashion. It's a great book where you understand how someone has been able to create an amazing culture in a company mm. which strives to and which exists for its customers. Okay, that's very interesting. Uh, do you know that Delivering Happiness, I think they've now turned it into a consulting company of sorts. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, I looked it up at some point okay. and, and now there's a, a whole company, oh, really? a separate company called Delivering Happiness yeah. based on the book. So okay. oh, well, interesting. Think, we'll interesting. take a look and see what that's all about. 
a final question perhaps before we part company and then ask for your final comments as well. If you could go back in time and speak to the young, ambitious 20-year-old you, what advice or counsel would you give yourself? Yeah, I would say don't spend, don't spend too much time with, with one company. Uh, I mean, I, I spent a long time doing consulting, way too long. I would advise anyone you know, to get into a fast-paced environment, such as a top consulting firm like McKinsey's or Bain's or BCG's. Okay. And then, you know, after, couple, after one or two years, join a startup builder, learn entrepreneurship, and then start their own thing. All right. And then, you know, at a later stage, uh, start again. Any last words that you'd like to share with our future CEOs community before we pod company? Execute, execute, execute. Emilian Popa, CEO of Groupon South Africa, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your insights. We really appreciate uh, all that you've shared with us today. Thanks, Garrett. Thanks for joining us today. That was Emilian Popa, the CEO of Groupon South Africa. If you would like to get into contact with him, you can find Groupon's contact details on the summary page on our website. I'm Gareth Armstrong. Download our podcast tomorrow, and I will be with you and another CEO again then. Thanks for joining us today on Future CEOs, and we hope you're feeling inspired and ready to take action. Head over to future-ceos.com for show summaries, recaps, articles, and other resources aimed at fast-tracking your rise to CEO status. To make it even easier for you, simply sign up for our weekly newsletter, and we'll keep you up to date on all interviews, special guest appearances, new developments, and more.